This is the Sports Psychology Podcast with Michael Seeley, and this week I have a special guest on my show, Tyler Pazik of the Pazik Performance Group. He is a mental performance coach, an expert in sports psychology, and I've been meaning to get him on my show for a while, and I was really happy to sit down with him and get all of his expertise, and we talked today about the success process. So every athlete has a process, a pregame process, a training process. Whether they know it or not, there is a typical structure or routine that an athlete goes through. But the thing is, most athletes don't write this down. They don't document it. They don't study it. And Tyler brings to our awareness the importance of writing down your process so that you can adjust it if needed, so you can improve it whenever you need to. So I was really excited to talk to him about this today, and I think you're going to enjoy the interview with Tyler Pazik. Hello, and welcome to the Sports Psychology Podcast with Michael Seeley. I'm excited today to tell you about my guest, Tyler Pazik of the Pazik Performance Group. He's a mental performance coach. He has a master's degree in sports psychology, and he walks the walk, doesn't just talk the talk. He not just consults, he doesn't just coach, he challenges himself with physical situations. Uh, in fact, has done a 100-mile ultra-marathon run. I first discovered Tyler on Instagram, and what I really liked about Tyler is the energy that he brings to his message. I see a lot of quality, a lot of uh, substance there, and a lot of energy and passion behind his work, so you can tell he loves what he does. And uh, Tyler Pazik, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Maybe we could just start out with a little bit about your background and what got you interested in this field. Yeah, so I, uh, I've always really been a coach, I would say, even from the time I was like nine years old. I was, uh, you know, coaching my teammates out on the baseball field. And one time I actually got pulled from a baseball game because I was, I'm a lefty, but I was playing second base. And then during the game, I went over and like taught my shortstop how to like feel the ground ball. And my coach, Coach Zuckerman, if you're listening to this podcast, shout out to Coach Z. But uh, he pulled me from the game. And then after the inning got done, he's like, Tyler, you need to be playing your position, not coaching. Like, I'll do the coaching. I was like, all right, sounds good. So I've been coaching for, I've been coaching since uh, I was, I was young. And then how I got into sports psychology was I actually took a sports psych class Mm -hmm. in college and I really enjoyed it. My teacher, she was amazing. And um, she actually, she got into sports psychology when she was in her fifties and went back to school and got her uh, master's in sports psychology and then started teaching classes at the university. And then after college, I was coaching baseball and I'm like, oh man, I really like coaching the mental game a little bit more than I like coaching the physical skill acquisition side. So I looked up to see if, you know, you could make money being a sports psych and sure enough, you can. So then I looked at different schools around the country and came upon TCU down in Fort Worth, Texas. And from there, I went to TCU. I kind of got the research side of things from them. And I mentored underneath this guy named Brian Kane, who lived like less than 15 minutes from my mom's house. And so he's 
really good at the applied side. And so I got the applied side of sports psychology from him and I got the research side from TCU. And that's really my start. And while I was at TCU, you know, they're in the big 12 conference, which is a power five conference in the U S and I reached out to a bunch of different schools. And one of the first schools to get back to me was the university of Maine. And I started doing some stuff with them. And then also the university of Oklahoma, um, got back to me and I just started reaching out and went and did some, some free stuff with them. Just, um, you know, mental imagery, uh, self-talk, body language, confidence overall. And that's really how I got into it. And now I've been doing it full time for like five years ish. Um, so yeah, that's how I got started in sports psych. And so, um, would you say that baseball is the sport you played the most, um, you know, prior to doing this? Yeah, I grew up playing baseball. So played since I was four or five years old and, um, I played in college at Indiana state, which is a division one, uh, in Terre Haute, Indiana, uh, just about 45 minutes West of Indianapolis. Cool. Yeah. I, I played little league as a kid. Um, I'm a Midwestern kid. This is from near, near Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and so actually a little town called Barneveld, um, west of, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And we're a tiny little, uh, town, but I, I loved, uh, That's... baseball. Grew up, um, watching the Milwaukee Brewers. They're still my favorite team. So, um, That's awesome. yeah, I've, you know, my, hopefully uh, we can talk a little it's bit. It's kind of funny. That. My, my sure, family, I have, I have two cousins that went to Barneveld high school and, um, the, Get out of here. She's, uh, she's just graduated and she was a softball, softball pitcher there. My mom grew up in Belleville, no kidding. which is right next to there. No kidding. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So if we would have talked a little bit more before the podcast, I would have known that this is a total surprise. That's super exciting. I mean, that's random, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I've been, I've been through Barneville, uh, quite a bit actually. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. Um, yeah, so, you know, I love baseball. You do, obviously, too. Hopefully, we can talk a little bit about that today. Um, but I wanted to touch on, uh, you know, an area of expertise that you that you deal with, which I've seen in some of your videos as well, which is having um, a written process or like a checklist for having an athlete have that um, and talk a little bit more about the importance of that, maybe if there's any reluctance to doing that, the power of doing that, of having a written process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my so when, when I talk to coaches or I hear coaches or hear players talk about the mental game, uh, one thing, one phrase that I hear a lot is like, trust the process, you know? And when it comes to the process, mm -hmm. I, I like that phrase, trust the process, but there's this underlying um, message there that is saying like you have a process to go to. And so mm -hmm. it's being able to know what your process is. That way you can use it intentionally and consciously and use it as a system uh, instead of just saying, Hey, trust the process. Like, okay, well, what am I supposed mm -hmm. to trust in coach? I think there's a, there's a miscommunication there between the coaches and the players they they don't necessarily know what their process is. So instead of that phrase building confidence within them, uh, they might actually be like, oh, well, I don't really have a process. Or like when they start to struggle, they 
are like, what is my process? And it creates more, uh, more of a lack of clarity and confusion than anything else. So like going back and delineating like, okay, what actually is my process for um, thinking? And then also what is my process for the physical behaviors that I'm going through? Because like consistent thoughts lead to consistent behaviors and consistent behaviors lead back to consistent thoughts. So you can start with either one. It's like, okay, here's what I like to think about um, when I'm doing my sport. Right. And then you have the physical side of the game where it's like, okay, these are the things that I'm physically doing. And you want to match those two up so that when you go through a physical behavior, it helps you to think more clearly or simplify down what you're thinking about in order to stay focused out there. Um, so some people might have like a mantra or an affirmation or like that anchor statement that anchors their mind and helps them come back to um, that focus during their sport. So, um, you know, for, for baseball, it might literally be as easy as see the ball. And you're just telling yourself, see the ball, see the ball, see the ball. Well, in your process, before the pitch happens, you might tap the plate with your bat. And that physical action is like a mental checkpoint for you to say like, okay, am I thinking about what I need to be thinking right now? Or am I not? And then once you become aware of your thoughts, it's like, is this thought helping me or hurting me? Um, is this thought productive or unproductive? You can ask yourself any of those questions. And ultimately, it gets back to hopefully this um, this thought that is actually helping you perform. And so taking that outside of baseball, I know uh, we were talking about cycling before uh, we got on. It might be as something it might be something like pull, 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 you know, on each on each um, pedal that you take, you're you're telling yourself pull your leg up. You know, so that you're not just pushing down on the pedal, but you're also pulling on the pedal at the same time to help you um, keep your cadence, keep your speed and so on and so forth. And then also just help you stay focused so you're not drifting off during the race. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, wow, that mile was, uh, you know, a few seconds slower than where I need to be because you let your mind um, just sort of trail off. Um, so going back to right. the process though it's it's connecting that thought to the behavior that you are partaking in so that you can actually you know stay focused out there um in your game scrimmage or competition whatever that might be yeah you're mentioning it's kind of like an anchor makes me think like if you are under stress in like your most intense stressful situation in your sport and if you have this written process that you've codified and it's just you know it by heart that if you're getting off of your getting out of your zone you can go right back to those key thoughts that would trigger those key successful behaviors um, so i think that athletes they take for granted or they don't articulate the process and if you can articulate your success process automate it so that it's just it's just there and you know it by heart then the times of adversity you can just go right back to that. So I think that, you know, too few athletes and coaches pay attention to that, that process and actually writing it down. So I think that's a, a great thing that you do. And I think that more athletes, you know, need to do that for sure. 
Mm -hmm. And then it sort of widens out from there, right? Like we're creating this funnel into Mm -hmm. our um, performance and it, and it goes out further. So like you can start with that in game in competition process for your thinking and your behaviors, but then it goes out Mm -hmm. from there into your, um, you know, your pregame stuff. Or, and then it goes out from there into your AM routines and your PM routines. And, and also with your, with your diet and with your sleep and with your, um, what you're doing to help you build that, build that skill of focus outside of your sport. So, you know, like your meditation or, uh, your journaling. Uh, whatever that might be to help you build clarity around your your thinking and your thought process because that's what it comes back to is like your self awareness right like um the more self aware you become then the more self control you'll have and the more self control you have then the more performance control you'll have and so everyone wants to have that ability to be able to control their performance at a higher level well then that means that you need to be able to control your thoughts and emotions and behaviors. And then that means that you need to build awareness around what are my thoughts and emotions and behaviors. Um, And it's not saying that you need to like all of them initially, right? But you do need to build this awareness and have that self-responsibility and self-acceptance in order to move forward and change them for the better so that you could start getting more of what you want um, in the future. And uh, one sort of uh, yeah. like equation yeah. that I come back to that I learned from this uh, sports psych out in New Jersey named Dr. Rob Gilbert, he talks about um, A plus ST plus Goya equals R. So ability plus strategy plus getting off your anatomy is how he says it. But uh, uh, Goya, G-O-Y-A, get off your anatomy. Uh, otherwise, take action, gets you the uh-huh. results that you want. And so like... A lot of people think that when they're getting, when they're not getting the result that they want, uh, like the amateur athlete, they might go back and they might blame it on their ability. And they might be like, oh, I suck. I'm not good enough. Uh, or other people are way better than me, right? And they'll sort of um, place their, their thinking in that realm. But in reality, like the highest level athletes, they understand that, no, okay, I have the ability and I have the ability to take action. I just need to start implementing the right strategy into my process to start getting the results that I want. And when you look at um, athletes that do get the results that they want, it's it's mainly comes back to the strategy. Like, oh, man, I prepared harder than anybody else. Like, I understand my process. Um, I... You know, I went up there with a plan and I executed my plan. It rarely ever comes back to their ability or their ability to take action. Usually it's their lack of action um, that doesn't get them the results that they want. Um, But they still have the ability to change and implement a new strategy in order to get the results that they need. And um, another kind of quote that I come back to is like, winners lose more than losers lose. And so the the crux of that quote is that basically a winner has tried and failed more times than the loser has. The loser has given up. And so I really, I mean, it's okay to lose. And, but the only time you're really a failure is when you 
yeah, give up or you fail to learn from your experience, learn from that loss, and then either try something new or uh, go back to your process and say you got like a a five-step process, right? It's looking back at it and being like, okay, number four is not serving me. So let's take that out. Just like if you were to like change the, um, the pieces of a computer hardware, right? And you're like, okay, let's take this piece out and implement this piece and see if we can get this computer running more smoothly. So it's really a lot about taking ownership and responsibility of your process. First of all, having the awareness of what actually is the process. So having a coach and teach the players that, hey, articulate your process, build awareness. And once you have full awareness of what works for you, what doesn't, then you have ownership. You can take responsibility. You don't blame other people. You don't blame the wrong thing. You're not just guessing. It's all to the surface of your consciousness. And you're like, okay, I see everything, even the scary stuff. So after, say, a you know, quote-unquote defeat, you can articulate, here's exactly what, what went wrong. I skipped this part of my process. Oh, that's why. Or conversely, if you have like success, uh, do you encourage your athletes to, to say journal about successes, about like what worked and build it that way too? Yeah, for sure. I think that's actually like a, a very strong foundation to, to build your process from is like, okay, what, what is working for me right now? What is going right and well for me right now? Um, and then building upon that and really doubling down on their strengths uh, first, that way they can see, okay, like, here's where I'm, here's where I'm, um, here's where I'm building a lot of my, or getting a lot of my confidence from. Um, and then from there, sort of working on the little things that can make the difference in the long run. But yeah, I would say that their strengths, that's a great place to start, especially with people who are just getting into um, the mental game and building their self-awareness because then that keeps them going, you know, instead of continually beating them down on like, okay, hey, let's fix, fix this weakness. Let's fix this weakness. It's like, man, dude, this is just, this is tough. This is a never ending process. Right. So um, especially at first, it's a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit easier on them to, to build upon their strengths than it is to just continually look at how they're, how they're not doing well. Um, but yeah, I would say also in terms of like the, the psychological side of things, like building confidence within yourself and that self-reliance, um, when it comes to having a productive, positive mindset, uh, it's understanding like what is actually helping you, you know, what are the thoughts that, and the beliefs that you have that are helping you perform and really getting over those challenges and those adversities. Um, and then going back and being like, okay, here's, here's where I can improve a great, like a great post game, post scrimmage, post competition journaling activity is sort of asking yourself, okay, like what went really well today for me? And then you go through and you say one or two or three things that went really well. And then you say, okay, what could go better moving forward? Or what's, what's a one limiting thought that I had today? Or what's one thing that I did, a physical action that I took that didn't necessarily work out the way that I wanted it to. And then you ask yourself, okay, how could I make this better? You know, how can it, how am I going to change it for next time? 
So one of the, one of the questions that I like to ask my athletes is like, what's a thought that you caught today at your practice scrimmage game competition? Uh, and again, it's just building that awareness around, like you're always having thoughts out there. So did you catch yourself yeah. even having a good time today? You know, like, like, oh yeah, I caught myself telling myself like, oh wow, this is actually fun, you know, and building on that. Or they might say, wow, I, I caught this thought of just like this ultimate belief and being able to push myself. And I caught myself cheering myself on during today's practice. Um, and then other days they show up and they're like, oh man, like now, now that I'm looking back at it, uh, I really caught myself thinking about how much today's practice sucked or how much today's workout was just like not enjoyable. And I just like kept that same mindset the entire time instead of noticing it in the moment and accepting it and then being able to replace it with something that was actually going to help me. I like, well, it's, I like how it rhymes too. Like, well, the thought that you caught today, right? So having it um, built into a daily process where you catch yourself um, thinking positively, having positive self-talk, and then maybe you catch yourself with some negative self-talk and bringing that in as a daily routine. Do you, do you find um, some resistance from athletes of like, I don't want to do homework. I don't want to write it down. Um, do you find some resistance in that? Yes, I would say for sure. There are athletes that I work with that they just don't do that initially. And it might take a little bit longer to get them on board. Um, but also those athletes that, that don't do that, they wind up trailing off and, you know, we might not necessarily work together for that long of a time because it's like, they're not seeing the, the results that they want to see, but they're also not putting in the work that's necessary um, to get better. And so at the end of the day, as a coach, you know, you want to, to hopefully be building a relationship with them. And it doesn't happen very often, but, you know, sometimes like not every coach is meant for every person, you know? And so, Sometimes Definitely. if I don't connect with an athlete, then I will refer them to somebody else and be like, Hey, or I'll bring them in. I'll bring in somebody else into the conversation and I'll, I'll have them talk to the athlete. And then maybe there'll be that, um, that epiphany that happens or that click and that switch happens right. in their brain where they're like, Oh, okay. Like that makes sense now. You know, it, it literally might just be the way that I'm saying it that is not connecting with them. And then I bring in somebody else and they say the same thing in their own words. And the athletes like, Oh man, like now I get it. Um, yeah. but yeah, that, that does happen every once in a while, especially with the younger generation right now. They, um, they, I would say it's a little bit, actually, that's not true. Not the younger generation. It's just that the ones that really, the ones that really want it, I would say versus the ones that maybe their parents sent them to me instead of um, instead yeah. of them actively reaching yeah. out. It's uh, a little bit different. So before we even dive into the journaling aspect and the self-awareness aspect, we really dive into like, okay, what are your, what are your long-term goals? Like where do you see yourself in the future? Like what do you want in your life? And they've never been asked those questions before. They've just been told by their parents or they've just been told by their friends like, oh, you're really good at what you do. 
you know, but they don't understand like why they are good at what they do or like, that's the reason why they keep going instead of this intrinsic belief. They have all this, uh, these extrinsic factors going on, um, that are really keeping them going, even though that's really just a short term solution, um, that doesn't help them in the long run. Yeah. Well, I love what you say about how, you know, like the, the why, the big reason has to be there in the first place. Uh, it makes me think you can have actually really high-performing athletes who are doing it for, quote-unquote, the wrong reason, maybe just to impress their parents or just because they're you know, inherently talented. But I think that um, having that passion, that fire, that drive uh, is, is necessary and that um, for you... You know, being able to recognize that honestly as a coach um, and also working with other coaches, too. I would imagine there's other coaches out there that don't maybe ask those deeper questions of their athletes or get them excited about the deeper reasons of why they play. That they're just there. They just assume that all the athletes are there because they 100% want to be there. But I would imagine bringing some more awareness to other coaches, too, like, can you have your athletes maybe even write a mission statement about why they love what they do or why are we as a team, why do we do this? Like, I, I think that question isn't asked enough, um, especially with coaches. What do you think? So I, I agree with you, though. Like, coaches themselves need to ask themselves why they're doing it. And, um, and then also the, the players asking them, like, okay, what's one reason that you're here right now? And genuinely want to know the answer, not just and reading their body language and hopefully you have some sort of relationship with them so that you can see like, okay, are they, do I feel like they're telling the truth right now? Or um, do I feel like they're just telling me what I want to hear? And I think that the more you ask that question and the, the more you ask that question in different ways, uh, eventually you'll see a, a change in their in their literal being in that moment um, around when it finally clicks for them. And they're like, and you're like, okay, now, now it sounds like, like you believe what you just said. So yeah, I agree though. That question needs to get asked. That yeah. question needs to get asked more, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think it's just having that, that the reason, the deeper reason and, and drilling down, um, Tyler, I know you got to run, so I'm going to wrap things up. Wish we had a little more time to talk. Maybe we can do this again. Um, but I wanted to uh, finish off by just saying um, it's been great talking with you, discovering all of your work. Again, uh, your energy and passion and your knowledge that you bring and tie it all together really comes across. I love your stuff. Uh, where can people learn more about you? Where can they find you online? Uh, you can find me online at, on Instagram, so at Pazik Performance Group. That's P-A-Z-I-K, Performance Group. And then also I have a website, PazikPerformanceGroup.com. And then if you want to reach out via email, Tyler at PazikPerformanceGroup.com or literally just pick up the phone, shoot me a text, call me 847-922-1371. I love it. Tyler Pazik, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Love what you do. Everyone, uh, check out his work. I think it'll be a big help for you.